You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Late Night Live. Hot topics discussed daily from 11pm onwards. Get involved by calling 0141-375-3434 or search Radio Ramadan 365. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We've slightly had a slight crash landing there, but we're here, ready and ready to go uh, for Late Light Live. And I'm your host, Dr. Nadeem Bhatti, and we have our co-pilots here who are Niaz Bhai and Abdul Aziz, I think. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yes, Nadeem, I'm here in the, in the engine room, just making sure... <laughs> Try to keep the power just nice and stable, not too much. Thank you, thank you. A bit barred and bruised, uh, but we are here and we're ready to... Testing, one, two, three. Alhamdulillah, there we go. That's the voice I've been waiting to hear. Is anybody home? (laughs) Abdul, are you there? Yeah, Where am I? Get me out of this box. No, no, Abdul's here. Um, Just as long as the viewers... Can I know that you know this? This is a, a five-six way transfer. Can I? Uh, there's going to be a little slight satellite delay, obviously, because we're traveling through space. So <laughs> we'll, we'll practice our suburb during this month of Ramadan. Inshallah, inshallah. And there's only one way to learn is that's through practical experience, and that's what we're doing here. Suburb, I like it. Yeah, uh, so, brothers, tell me what you. Uh, here we are, Tuesday, the fifth of May. Uh, inshallah, uh, how's uh, how has Ramadan been going for you guys? How are you finding it? Um, today, uh, well, alhamdulillah. Do you know what? I don't have any issues with hunger whatsoever, Nadim. Um, maybe the last hour, uh, you do feel that bit of dehydration and just kind of rest at that point. Uh, other than that, I think this lockdown. Um, it's been a blessing in disguise with regards to, you know, doing a bit more reading, a bit more research, finding myself, doing a bit of soul searching, finding your solace, all that kind of thing. It seems to be the, the mood of a lot of people, mashallah, this, this Ramadan. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, alhamdulillah, there's a lot of blessings to, to get from this. And like you said, uh, this is one of those times where, you know, I found myself slowing down leaving work a little bit earlier, you know, going out for a walk in some greenery. Uh, today I went out into Pollock Park and I just got myself lost in the forest. It was great, fantastic, you know, just observing the trees, you know, the squirrels running around. It was great, um, you know, seeing all these little animals running around. Um, then, of course, I had to get my children back. Uh, are you sure? Uh, <laughs> are you sure they were um, squirrels? Um, they could have been rats. this is the thing we've been living in the city for so long that we probably don't realize the difference as 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 the restaurants are closed um there seems to be a problem with an infestation of rats in uh the cities apparently is what i've heard i've i've heard that haven't seen anything yet but then i haven't been around any of them yet anyway so have you been reading any of the newspapers today have you been have you picked up any stories that have caught your eye? Abdul, you want to start? 
Uh, if you like, well, today, unfortunately, the stories that are kind of stuck in my mind is the job losses uh, all around the country, unfortunately. Um, obviously, the ones that are getting highlighted the most is the ones that are in the forefront, like your Virgin Airlines and your uh, British Airways. Uh, mainly, mainly British Airways, 12,000 jobs to go. And also from Virgin Airlines, there's 3,000 jobs to go. And uh, yeah, and, and obviously these are the jobs, I was reading the article, obviously these are the jobs from the actual company themselves. But then you've got the offshoot from that, the catering people, the delivery guys, the fruit and veg guys. So it, the, 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 the ripples go far and wide. And it's quite a serious thing. And when it's going to come back and when those specialist people can get their jobs back again, you know, only God knows. So that was one story, if, we, if you want to come back on that in a wee minute. And then the other one was, unfortunately, down in Yemen. They've, they've got their first cases of the coronavirus in the war-torn place. So they're, they're obviously suffering to make ends meet and get a, a normal life together. And now they've got this... On top of all that, so you know, don't know how they're going to manage with that. Mm-hmm. I must admit, I, I mean, it's terrible, and uh, you know, there is a, there is a, there is a going to be a big economic fallout in this. I was watching one of the um, one of the advisors to the government. Is it Neil Ferguson? And he's had to resign today because he broke the lockdown rules. Oh, yeah. And I think he had yeah. somebody coming over to his house. So, you know, um, I, I think it's important not to be complacent. I think we, everybody's got to follow these rules, you know. Um, and, you know, I think if you're somebody in the government, you're, you're under just much more of a kind of, you have much more of a, I think, a moral responsibility to keep that up. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think... Um, one of the things is, look, um, four out of five people's jobs was going to be hit by the pandemic. And um, I mean, certainly that is for now. So it's the essential people that are working. Um, it's very clear that there's a lot of people that have been, uh, you know, that have lost their jobs from the airline industry. And um, it's going to be very stressful for them as well. In America, it, the job numbers that were furloughed and lost is phenomenal, something along the lines of 26 million. And you can imagine that that creates this impact and fear um, because people aren't, don't want to spend money in the economy. Um, and the same thing is happening here as well. Now, when is this going to end? I, I, it doesn't seem quite imminent, uh, certainly for now. Um, we have, I guess, won that medal for having the worst death rate in Europe as of today, I, I read. Um, That's terrible, terrible. I, yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, I haven't double-checked on World Meter because um, that's the best place to, to look. Poignantly, I would say, if Nicola Sturgeon is listening, um, undoubtedly, she needs absolutely. to yeah, absolutely. She doesn't miss. She doesn't miss a show. That's what I hear. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 uh, uh, directly asking her to listen to the public and ensure you're doing the damn best for bringing 
the best PPE available to care homes that matter as well, um, because I think I've heard quite a lot that um, a public, the public has even till today um, had to deal with these issues. Um, and I'm not afraid to say it uh, because um, I don't work in the industry of the NHS, but I love the NHS. Um, and so I can respectfully, you know, say it as it is. Uh, and this has been an issue that's been ongoing for a long time. Um, and I do, you know, there were a number of Channel 4 reports very clearly eliciting um, that uh, there still are in areas issues of PPE not being available for um, the NHS as well, more importantly, for uh, carers in care homes uh, that are uh, highly affected. And Nicola herself, uh, I believe last weekend, had mentioned that half of the deaths were from the care home. So this is very poignant um, that, uh, you know, it's something that needs to be addressed. So on that light note, I think mm. we need to um, pass this uh, over to Nadine. Well, um, thank you very much. Um, one of the things I do want to say is just remind um, all our listeners about some of our charities and these charities, to give you a reminder of them, um, there are a few that we are supporting this year. Uh, one is Penny Appeal, and again, you're Zagat and Sadhgar are eligible for this, and they can supply £160, which will supply three families with hygiene and food packs for a month in Syria. And I don't need to tell everybody about the situation in Syria. We've seen it, we've all seen the pictures. Uh, it's absolutely heartbreaking. So Penny Appeal are providing hygiene and food packs. And again, £160 will supply uh, three families with these hygiene and food packs for a month in Syria. That's Penny Appeal. The other uh, charity is the Trussell Trust Glasgow Southwest Food Bank. So that's a food bank here in the Southwest. It's called the Trussell Trust Glasgow Southwest Food Bank. Uh, again, your Zakat and Sadka are eligible for this. £100 will feed three families for three days, and that's here in Glasgow. It's sad that we have to get to the stage where we have to have food banks, but that's the way it is. But Alhamdulillah, Raju Ramadan is doing its best to supply these food banks right here in Glasgow. Uh, the third is a very good uh, charity. It's called Wheels to Heal. And again, your Zakat and Sadka are eligible for this as well. And they provide wheelchairs uh, for people in areas abroad. Um, that, you know, I mean, it's amazing when you see what a wheelchair can do for somebody there. Somebody can be literally crawling along the ground. They've got a wheelchair and they're, you know, they suddenly have uh, a way to transport themselves with some dignity. And £25 will provide one wheelchair for example, for a disabled person in Afghanistan. And lastly, but uh, not least, uh, we're also taking Sadka, not Zakat, but Sadka for the ARC. That's the media centre right here in Glasgow. And we're happy to take any amount to help complete the ARC and sustain its projects uh, throughout the year. As you know, I mean, with the coronavirus, things are difficult for all charities. So if you can give uh, during this month, 
not only um, will it be spiritually great, but it will go uh, a long way to keeping these charities afloat. And of course, every uh, pound that you give in charity, you will get much, much more back. Um, Amjad? Not Amjad. Uh, sorry, Abdul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, are, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, alhamdulillah. Today, um, I wasn't out much today. I uh, had a few things to do and uh, a bit of shopping. Um, uh, but every time I do go out to do my shopping, I'm always, you have that little lump in your throat because it's somewhere you don't want to go. But um, yeah. I, was, I was thinking actually, it's, it's, you know, today we've kind of, we started to show, but normally we start to show up a little bit of light, light kind of bits and bobs yeah. here and there. But today, basically, naturally, we, we kind of went off on a kind of serious note. And and I think that, the, the, I think that was kind of, how can I put it, maybe a, a blessing in disguise as well, because you know what? This is really a serious point we were at, because apparently Scotland is, is spreading, it's spreading more in Scotland than anywhere else in the UK as well, apparently. I read on the news, so really? and okay. a lot, yeah, and a lot of these deaths are from obviously the care uh, sector. But yeah. um, like uh, Nia's brother was mentioning, Nicola Sturgeon, if she's listening, you know, I would rather her be strong and let everyone know. Look, it's locked down until whatever it is, until we get rid of this, and until we've got absolutely, uh, you know, we've cut this, the head off the snake, as it were, uh, because you know. The worst thing you could do is be lackadaisical, go out and about, you know, and then all of a sudden we've got a, a massive uh, wave again, and then we're all back to square one. It's going to take even longer. So I, I think it's best to maybe the economy is going to come back eventually, inshallah. We'll, we'll trickle back, we'll cut our cloth to suit, whatever. But you know, you, you can't get your lives back again once they're gone. So Absolutely, absolutely. And I think she's absolutely got the, the right idea to to put lives over over the economy. Uh, I think she's absolutely right in that sense. Um, yeah. Well, can I add, um, so scientists uh, today, they identified that a mutation in the coronavirus, um, which they believe is more contagious. So it's, uh, it's been sweeping around Europe and the U.S. Um, and could even reinfect those who already have antibodies. Um, and this was from the Los Alamos National Lab that detected um, some of the other mutations. Uh, so they were concerned. It was in one of their research papers. Again, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, from day to day, you know, it keeps on changing. But it just proves that we have to keep on top of everything. And um, I just wanted to say, Abdul, um, at least today, the team minced your name. <laughs> Remembers who I am. Uh, one of these days, we're going to get you back, buddy. Don't worry. There's so much. There's just so much. I mean, I got to tell Look, some uh, stories as well, maybe. Yeah. You know, dementia. You know, can 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 hit in in your in your late forties and fifties. You know, so there you go. What can I say? You sure, it's not eighty. So, well, um, well. Today, let's talk about some of the the the, uh, the topic that we were going to pick today. And our topic today is um, keeping fit under lockdown. Um, and as you can see, you guys are probably wondering how I managed to keep my Rambo-like body 
uh, in tone um, and, and how I can keep that going during the lockdown. Uh, well, I'm gonna, we've got a couple of guests that are going to give you some ideas about how we can keep that going. And uh, one of our guests is in the studio with us, our virtual studio, and he's uh, the great Naveed Baksh uh, of uh, Boots and Beards fame. Uh, Naveed Bhai, are you here? Salaam. Is that okay? Good. That's perfect. That's perfect. Can you hear us? How okay? are you? How's everyone? Alhamdulillah, we're all good. Everything's buying. Everything's buying. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. David, uh, boy, it's good to hear your voice. And um, you've, uh, yeah, what have you been, I mean, I, I guess there's uh, no talking to you without mentioning the fact that you're one of the founder members of a group called Boots and Beards. And uh, Boots and Beards, well, maybe you might want to tell the listeners a bit about what Boots and Beards is and, and, and what the philosophy is behind it. I'm trying to get away from Boots and Beards, but uh, they won't let me go. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you what it was. Um, the, the story behind Boots and Beards was that I have a, a number of um, um, boys in my house, young uh, a 12, a 9-year-old, a 6 and a 6. And uh, in my family, there's, there's quite a few kids, okay? A lot of cousins, a lot of uncles and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I said to my cousin, Mr. Butt, I go, listen, we, we don't get to see each other very often. It's only either ever, either at eat, um, weddings or funerals. Uh, the kids are growing up. You've got to do something about this. And he goes, what did you have in mind? And... At that time, I didn't have an answer. I goes, well, let's, let's go hill walking. How hard can that be? I've never done hill walking before. I mean, Lock Coleman's not that far. Let's just get the kids out, and that was it. So, so we, we thought, okay, we'll drag, we'll get the kids together, we'll get the mummy, and every two weeks, we just pick a, a hill, and then if I pick a hill one weekend, then a fortnight, I'll nominate somebody else to just pick another hill and we just kind of go with him and that was it. So all within the family. And it turned out that as we were doing these activities every fortnight, um, Cash would share on Facebook and social media and other mediums and his, his friends and people I know would, would be interested and want to tag along and... And we thought at that time, you know what, let's just keep it a family affair. I mean, you don't want to get people you don't even know coming along and and ruining the, all the fun. But anyway, cut a long story short, as we were doing this, more and more people contacted us and we actually see a need in the community for this. This is going back about four or five years ago. Um, and then we thought, you know what, if you're going to do this, why don't you set up a hill walking club? Just, just do it. How hard can it be? At that time, we never thought about the consequences. We never thought how how much of a need we have. Um, and that was it. It was born from the thought of a name. And we all had beards. We were all guys. And... Um, and uh, so can I ask? Um, I, I know Kosh very well, the co-founder. Yes. Um, so your new members... Um, if if they're women, do they have to wear beards as well? <laughs> no, well, th that was one of the problems, <laughs> one, of, one of the challenges. So when we were thinking of the name, 
in, at the very, very start. We didn't think of the consequences that they would have. Um, and it was only until we had a stall at an outdoor festival, we had a lot of um, non-Muslims coming to us at a stall who follow us on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And a lot of females were saying, oh, you're some beard, you're proud of you guys, great work. But do you have to be a male to be joining us? And we thought, oh, no, we never thought about that. We've got a lot of females who want to come on board and this and that. And so, so straight away, we thought of a tagline, beards are not essential. So, um, so that's my answer to you. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, you need to um, tell Kash he should have come on tonight. Uh, we, we would have loved to have had him. <laughs> I think he'd be in his bed. Yeah, he, he, he does sleep like a baby by 6 p.m., doesn't he? Wakes up to eat yeah. and goes back to sleep. Yeah, he's a strange one. He's a strange <laughs> one. I'm well, anyway, so what's happening, Nadine? Let's well, get you there, Doc. Let's talk. Yeah. Well, listen, we're going to just, I'm just going to introduce other guests who's on today. And that's uh, Nasser Karim uh, from London. And he's a fitness enthusiast. And, uh, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Nasser, are you, are you in the virtual studio? I am now in the virtual studio. Alaikum. Yes, loud and clear. Uh, thanks for coming on and uh, at sh such short notice. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I was going to say, how do you, how how is the fasting one going for you? Um, easy. You know, I, I think I have to repeat what one of you guys said earlier, which is as terrible as this whole COVID thing is. In terms of fasting, these are the these are the easiest fasts I've ever kept because I'm at home. <laughs> I'm not I'm not rushing around. I'm not stressed. I'm not going to work. I've got no deadlines, and it really is just a an easy easy fast. Um, you know, and and it tells you a lot about how we usually function as well because usually I'd be on the train going to work in the morning, fasting, thinking, oh man, how long till I get to eat, right? I wake mm -hmm. up in the morning, I come down, and I remember I said to myself on the first or second fast, oh, I'm bored, what shall I eat? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I realized, hang on, you can't eat. And then it also underlined the fact that half the eating we do isn't because we need to eat, it's because we're bored or we want to change our state or something, which, you know, talking about the topic, has a massive impact on our health over the long run. So it's this is a great time for fasting, a hard time for the world, but, but I think it's it's a great opportunity for us all to learn something about ourselves um so briefly yeah the fasting is going great fantastic uh i mean any ad I mean, what's the advice you guys would give in terms of people who are under lockdown just now and who want to basically try and keep as fit as they can um what wh where, where do you think we should start with that can i kick off Yep, go ahead, yeah. The first thing I would say for most people, um, whether it's fitness or general health and everything, is that we all, certainly in the Western world, we all eat too much. Mm, um, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're a GP. I'm not. Uh, you're a medical professional. Most of the diseases that afflict people today are diseases of excess, diabetes, you know, too much sugar, heart disease, too much food. Um, and... Ramadan is really a great opportunity to realize you don't need to eat that much. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. 
and and the best thing you can do for your health obviously there are people out there with with eating disorders you know anorexia bulimia people who are severely underweight but that is really the i think the minority most people just eat way too much and and this whole you know multi-billion pound diet and exercise industry is is nonsense you know never mind the caveman diet or this diet or that diet just eat less <laughs> and you'll be a lot a lot better off and fasting just just teaches you that you know I can, I, I'm in my 40s, you know, there are people in their 20s, there are people in their 80s, they can all fast, it doesn't kill anyone. And, and generally, you see people at the end of Ramadan, and they all look a lot better, don't they? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the first thing is just take the lesson from Ramadan that eat less, eat less for your whole life. There's a, there's a Sikh marathon runner, his name escapes me now, he's, he's 101 and he runs marathons every year. And uh, whenever he's interviewed, they say, oh, what's your secret to this, you know, this great health and everything? He says, yeah. uh, in my 20s, I just realized I'd cut all my portion sizes in half. I eat like a child. Mm. I don't think it's a coincidence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do, do you have any kind of nutritional ideas uh, during Ramzan that you think uh, we should stick to? Or, I mean, I think, I think I heard somebody say once that, you know, if you eat like a fat relative, don't be surprised if you turn into a fat relative. You did. That was an article I wrote in ML about 15 <laughs> years ago. You will become the 300-pound uncle. Was that it? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? Yep. So nutrition advice is just the basic nutrition advice. Um, you know, I usually open my fast with two bananas, two dates, about a pint of milk, uh, two scoops of protein powder and some uh, some peanut butter. There's a lot of calories, but you get a lot of nutrition. Bananas aren't uh, that that many calories, but they have a lot of nutrition in them. Um, I usually open it like that, but there's no hard and fast rules. Just be sensible. You know, don't go straight for the box of sweets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Avoid the highly processed stuff. So other than other than the milkshake, I'll probably have some grilled meat and vegetables, maybe some pasta, maybe a bowl of cereal maybe some biscuits, but the trick is I'll eat less than I eat in a normal day, and it's that simple. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's a lifestyle change I think people can take with them. You know, I, I don't plan to ever stop fasting, but I will stop dry fasting. You know, outside Ramzan, I drink water, but I still try and eat only between the hours of 9 p.m. and midnight, and, and it's done wonders for me. It really has. Yeah. I, I think it can work for anybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nasser, is it Nasser? Yeah. It is. Hi, Abdul. Hi, hi, it's Abdul, yeah. I was just wondering, what was your daytime job, Nasser, just to, to kick off for the listeners? <laughs> right. My, my daytime job was um, essentially interviewing people in their homes. So from about 10 in the morning till 10 at night, I'd be driving around and seeing people in their homes, occasionally their businesses. Um, and that actually made it very easy to fast because I was driving around all the time, so I'd fast until I got home in the evening. Um, right. right now, uh, that job no longer exists, or so something isn't functioning because of lockdown. Yeah, so I will probably, uh, you know, if, if it doesn't come back, then I'll return to my previous business, which sure. was essentially um, just working on the phone. Right. Cause, um, cause the last thing, it was just for the listener's sake and myself. Mm -hmm. uh, well, actually, my, my, my kind of query is that, you know, in my teens, it was I was like a pencil, basically, because obviously mm -hmm. you're running out daft and you're not even thinking about eating because you just eat and then, and then you go away again, burn off the calories. Yeah. 20s, it was more or less the same. But see, when I was 
towards my thirties and forties, I literally woke up with a belly, <laughs> and I thought, well, where did this come from? You know, and and then you know, I did get lazy. I did become the dad of two and whatnot, and I had my businesses mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and I took my eye off the ball big time. I, I prided myself when I was young. I had the six pack. I was toned. I had everything. You know, Bellows mm-hmm. the sports centre. I used to go every second day religiously. Uh, I've kind of now slightly tried to look at my fitness again, mm-hmm. um, but I feel as if I, I just feel lethargic now, and I just can't get the momentum mentally also to keep it going. Well, so how old are you now, Abdullah? You and your I'm f- fifty-four. Fifty-four. Okay. Can I pass this one back to Nadim? Because I'll pick up on this. But Nadim, you started not that long ago working out quite regularly with weights. And you're about the same age, aren't you? Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. In fact, exactly the same age. Uh, that's right. I did. I went through a phase, uh, funnily enough, about three months ago, three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I took a membership to one of these uh, gyms, you know, that, that you have nowadays one of these kind of, you know, the pure gym or the gym or mm-hmm. uh, whatever gym. Yeah. And, and the money was so cheap that it was it was really quite easy to, to join up at one of these things. I think it was about £10 a month. And so I started going along and I, I was quite surprised how quickly things came back into, uh, you know, the, the certain things I just kind of picked up because I'd been, I'd used some weights and, and used the gyms when I was in my 20s, and I know that there's a thing called muscle memory, um, and I know that you guys will, uh, you'll, you'll know a bit more about that. Um, but, yeah, I was quite surprised at how things kind of picked up. Good. That, that's one of the points I was going to raise, Abdul, is that, you know, in your 20s, I, I was the same. I'd eat everything. You know, I was, I was famous for going to restaurants and nearly getting kicked out in university because I'd eat so much. Um, but ne- never had anything short of a four-pack, right? And then you wake up in your 30s with the belly, right? Um, what that essentially is, is firstly, it's hormonal changes. You know, if you've got enough testosterone flowing through your body, you can pretty much eat anything, and you won't gain too much fat, and it's easy to gain muscle. It's easy to recover. Um, but as you get a bit older, that changes, and you have to be a lot more careful. You have to be a lot more careful. I had a wake-up call about a year ago, July last year, I was in hospital uh, with pneumonia and sepsis. Um, mm. Nearly killed me off. But oh, my goodness. Yeah, my goodness. The silver lining, I came out of it, and I had a six-pack for the first <laughs> time since my 20s. And I thought, okay, as a bit of an extreme way to go about it, but anyway. No, uh, I wouldn't okay. recommend that way, certainly. No. <laughs> but, yeah. but it comes down to the fact that you've got to eat less. And that's why mm-hmm. that's why fasting is such a great thing. You know, there's lots of studies out there now. You know, intermittent fasting they call it has become unfashionable, but you just got to eat less. Because here's, here's an example I gave to somebody who started fasting as well. Now, outside of Ramzan, he's not even a Muslim. Um, and I said to him, look, if you ran a marathon, do you reckon you'd get in good shape? And if I pose that question to anybody, they usually say, yeah, you'd have to be in good yeah. shape, right? The average marathon burns about 2,700 calories, right? The average person eats about 2,500 calories a day. Now, mm-hmm. you run a marathon, you think you're going to get in shape, you'll probably go and eat 2,000 calories afterwards. So it's actually done nothing in terms of the mathematics of losing fat. But if you fast just two days a week, 
then you've cut 5,000 calories on average, let's say, out of your diet for the week. That's over a pound of fat you can lose every single week just by doing that with no physical exertion. Uh, um, Nasser, can I ask you specifically about something called the 5-2 the diet? Um, yeah, sure. And the, the reason I'm asking about that is because um, if the brothers will correct me, there's a, there's a tradition of the Prophet, peace upon him, where he actually fasted for two days a week. And a lot of Muslims do that uh, even now outside of Ramzan. It sounds as if that's almost exactly like the 5-2 diet. What, yeah, uh, would you... I was just going to say, that is exactly the 5-2 diet. I didn't know that was a, prof, uh, that was a, a prophetic tradition. Yeah. Yep. To that. But it really, you know, it really is this simple. The fastest way to lose weight and to really prevent some of the many diseases that are diseases of excess um, is to eat less. And hmm. I'm not that good at self-control. I shouldn't be saying that during Ramzan, but I'm not. I can't control portion sizes. I love food. If I see it, I want to eat it, I'll eat it. But if I have a hard and fast rule, you're not eating till 9pm or you're not eating today. I used to do 30 hour fasts. Um, then it's just so easy because there's no questions. It's binary. You do not eat. It's that simple. Um, and I'm sure there are tons of health benefits I don't know about. The one I mainly know about is when I eat, I eat pretty much what I want. But then my choices are probably pretty healthy because I've always lived like that. Um, and, you know, apart from a few white hairs now, a lot of people, when they meet me, every time I see a friend after six months, the first words that usually come out of their mouth, oh, my God, you look well. It's because I'm not as fat as I used to be. And that's not because of any secrets other than knowing you have to reduce your calorie intake. So the 5-2 diet would be one way to do it. Alternate day fasting would be another. What we're doing now during Ramazan is a great way to do it because every single day you, you work on it. Hmm. On you go, Niaz, you want to jump in, bro? Yeah, for the viewers, could you um, kindly let them know what that diet is? Go on, Nadeem. Hey, are you asking me what diet no, no. I'm following? No, to, to tell, let's, uh, why don't you tell the viewers what that entails? Uh, the 5-2 diet, you mean? Yes. Okay, so the 5-2 diet basically, uh, I believe, meant that you would fast for two days a week. And you would restrict your calories uh, quite a lot uh, for those two days. I think you would restrict them to about 500 calories, I think, for the two days. And uh, then the rest of the days, you could pretty much eat whatever you wanted. Now, I know that there's a prof, uh, hadith uh, about the Prophet Wasallam who would fast for two days a week and if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong but I believe it was Mondays and Thursdays yeah. um, and um, and um, you know, it, it's something that uh, uh, you know, people would do I, I occasionally do it myself not as often as I should do uh, but um, if that's the diet you're, you're, you're meaning uh Yep. Can I ask Brother Nasser, uh, so mm -hmm. see once you're fasting out with Ramazan, in the month of Ramazan, and you're opening, your, you're breaking your fast, what food would you recommend? Because sometimes you've got a habit of just eating a lot of rubbish after you know, fasting for maybe 10-12 hours. What do you eat when you're breaking your fast out with Ramazan or even in the month of Ramazan, Sharif? I, I don't really have any hard and fast rules, but I do have habits, um, and those habits, you know, 
tend to lead to meetings usually something like a lot of um, this is going to sound really boring a lot of salad and a lot of grilled meat um, I'm, I'm not one of these paleo or caveman or any of that nonsense I like to have a balanced diet um, the first thing I have is usually a nice big cup of coffee <laughs> mm. <laughs> I love coffee yeah. I'll rehydrate myself uh, for example today I made fajitas for everyone so that was chicken breast mushrooms peppers you know the vegetables and meat again um, no hard and fast rules other than just avoid the junk food, avoid the processed stuff in excess. I will eat it. I love it. Hell, you know, I'll, I'll be straight onto the cookie jar after this if I don't control myself. Um, but we know what good food is. You know, people don't need to be told what good food is. Good food is natural food. Good food is food that doesn't have too much fat or too much sugar. Um, so just what, what I like is, is fish, meat. Hmm. What you'll see if you look at the NHS, you know, the five food groups and what they recommend is probably pretty much the same as what you'd see me eating. It doesn't hmm. have to be complicated. Sometimes I'll have a bowl of cereal. Uh, but there's no, just avoid the junk. It, it really is that simple. Avoid the junk, avoid the, uh, the you know, things like too much Pepsi or to, to anything that's too sugary. The thing with sugar as well is that it leads to spiking insulin and that makes you feel hungry. So you'll automatically mm -hmm. end up eating more and more and more. And mm -hmm. it, it's insidious. It's terribly insidious. Mm. Right? A, a little chocolate cookie. I'm, I'm back on the cookies, so I'm obsessed. A little chocolate cookie has about 80 calories in it. Yeah? Mm -hmm. If you had an extra 80 calories a day, then it won't take long until you're, it's really building up. An extra 80 calories times 365, what that's going to be is probably something like 15 pounds mm. of fat. Mm. It's... Uh, I mean, that that's, I mean, I often said, look, uh, you know, nutrition is almost like rocket science, um, but that's one half of the equation. Naveed, uh, by, uh, if you're still there, uh, if it's okay if I ask you, you, you've done, you've done, you, you've made all sorts of efforts to try and get the Muslim community involved in exercise. Can you tell me a bit about that? Because you, you, you know, you, yeah. No, only go, only go. Yeah, because you've done all sorts of things. You you even set up a boot camp. I mean, what was that like? So I, I went through midlife crisis, uh, yeah. and I, I just had to get away from the kids and the wife and yeah. uh, run to the hills, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, no, on, 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 on a serious note, on a serious note, but just, just coming back um, on the whole kind of, um, I'll come back to why, how I done that, why I done that, but. One thing we should take into account that people listening really need to wake up and uh, and take uh, and take what you call notice of what's been happening. If yeah. they, what they see in the news is about one third of the the people who are dying for the virus is from the BME community, yeah. health-related issues. Now, yeah. speaking to people, experts uh, in the past couple of weeks. If this virus thing is the new norm, is the new trend, is the new way of life, then God forbid this thing repeats itself every year, every winter, every spring, whatever. Which yep. means that it's the BME community that's going to be at the forefront of these uh, uh, of these deaths. Yep. So in a case that today it's not been somebody, no family, God forbid, in about two or three years' time, if this thing's happening on a year of thing, it will be. So yep. you kind of need to take a, like a U-turn in your psychology um, and, and make those drastic changes. 
um, in your kind of family life and your eating habits as as the um, the, the, the 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 trainee uh, I think Nasser is saying about this. So I would say that this is a very important time for us to kind of take lessons of what's been happening and take and really study about what's good for you because whatever I may say is good for you might not be suited to somebody else. So it's kind of well, everybody's different and just kind of trial about what your body is more kind of receptive to as well. Um, and with regards to my age, I'm in my early 40s, um, four boys, but I know that these boys are going to grow up and I need to keep up with them at some point. I need to kind of chase them and, and what you call, <laughs> and mm -hmm. what you call enjoy life with them, which means mm -hmm. your health needs to be on, on, on par with them. Well, not maybe not, not best, but you've got to be obviously to be there to run with them, to support them, to kind of promote, to kind of, um, to encourage them playing sports and stuff. You can't just be at the sideline saying, good boy, well done, kick harder, as long as you're not there playing with them. And I think as fathers from the, from the I wouldn't say Muslim community, even from the BME community, I think we, we missed that. Our forefathers never done, my, my dad never done that with me. Mm. My dad never took me out of hell walking. My dad never would you go, encourage you to go into sports. But I didn't want to let my kids miss out on that, which means I have to change my psyche. I have to change the way I uh, want to be in front of my kids. So, for example, you talk about the boot camp. You know, my kids know that my dad, he, he's, he's into his fitness. They know he's into his fitness. So when I, when I say I'm going to a boot camp, they know what that involves. I've even put my kids through a, 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 a kids' boot camp. So they, cannot, they know what tough is and they know what a good kind of workout is. Those are brilliant points, um, and I, I really, uh, although I didn't join uh, you guys um, climbing up, because I did a lot of that back in Switzerland, um, Scotland is one of the most beautiful places to go climbing and hiking, and the biggest point to make is that certainly, um, you know, we see it with the corona death heart virus in terms of the community, the minorities being hit the most. But then just looking at, you know, people's fathers who passed away, you know, in the past, including my own, um, quite, a, quite a lot of them had um, genetic issues in terms of myocardial infarctions, etc. Um, things that perhaps exercise would have helped tremendously. Um, I know, first of all, in terms of what Nasarbay and Navid, you're both saying, one, let's look at the food, change the food, be healthier, less key, and then as Naveed is also, you know, implying uh, and together, exercise is the key, and it starts from leadership uh, in terms of mom and dad. You know, it's for the girls as well, not just for the boys. Um, and I know for a fact that Naveed also uh, takes the ladies too. Um, so it's family, uh, family environment, um, and I think it's this is just something new and unique. It needs to continue uh, in other sports. Um, again, so when I look at Switzerland from, from childhood, people are starting to hike through the mountains and nature. They're on, in the lake. They're swimming. They're um, cycling is a massive sport. I'm also noticing it here. Um, and so, you know, th th there's no, no question of, 
uh, you know, to, to uh, find something. It, it's not impossible. There's just so many that cater to everybody's individual tastes. Uh, Nadim's been through a lot of them. From I played squash with them. Try to get him on a bicycle. I think Abdul will join me. Uh, I, I played Abdul, I, I guess, squash, right, Abdul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So, 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 so there's so many sports that are not going to kill us, but will make us stronger and healthier. I got a lot of friends bicycles. So there's, if there's people who, who are friends of mine or in my circle, ask and um, we'll get you, you know, to Navid or uh, certainly get, get you to a sport that you enjoy. Um, Navid. Well, Sorry, Actually, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to cut in the Niaz, But you said a very interesting point, and I hope Navid and uh, Nasser will back me up on this. That there are lots and lots of sports out there, lots of activities you can do, and you know, so it's very important to do something that you enjoy. Um, so you, you know, swimming is a great sport, uh, but it might not be your thing. Uh, cycling is fantastic. But that might not be the sport for you. But I'm sure that there are there are lots of other sports there that you can find that you can get that you can do and that you enjoy. Um, and and I must admit, one of the um, uh, great things about the Boots and Beards programs were that one of them was the boot camp, and I actually went on one of the boot camps myself. And although I didn't keep doing it. But what it did do was uh, by doing the boot camp, uh, and the boot camp, for any that doesn't know, it was a, a sort of circuit uh, type of circuit uh, in the gym, and they had lots of different stations that you went through. And what what it did do was it gave me a kickstart to start doing other stuff. In fact, I did that, and I think after that I started playing squash, which I quite enjoyed. Um, so, I, what what would you say about that then? Um, Navid yeah. or well, well, yeah. one thing one one thing one thing I've realized I mean I, I'm not a PT but I know that health walking is not for everyone it's not for everyone Do you know the Asian community is one I find it very very tough to mobilize and to and to, and to yeah I was going to say how do, I mean getting the Asian community or the Muslim community honest, and getting them into exercise couldn't have been easy it's not it's not and you know I don't know why but for some reason we as a, as a community, we like to be, we like to be, uh, we like to be pushed, and it's got to be done in a group environment, and you've got to, there's got to be a social element to it. But nobody is going to do it on their own, and that's and, and that's the kind of someone's got to kind of spur it on, and someone's got to kind of lead it. But we don't have that kind of drive to, you know, what I'm going to do it myself. If no one turns up, I'm doing it myself anyway. We don't have that drive within us. You always want to do it as a group, uh, which is which is. It's kind of like sad because you're holding out. You don't. I don't know why people don't. Why they don't come forward? Maybe that's the whole. It takes thing. time. It takes yeah. time to change culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and until you don't come home with the message, until you don't, you don't tell them that. Listen, this Corona thing is a perfect example. I, I'm not saying uh, you, but it's an opportunity to bring that message home. And I think all the GPs. This is maybe a job for the GP. That you know, I'm not putting you out there, but this, this is a job for you to say, "Listen, guys, wake up! This could be the new norm. You could be, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, you're absolutely you right. You know what I mean? Uh, you and only you guys can bring that. You've got to bring that kind of horror stories to them. Say, listen, 300 people died last year. 
it could be six in the next year. But you guys need to change the way your habit is. Everything. When, when we did the boot camp, we, we got the females involved because it's the females um, that do all the buying for the house. They do all the shopping buying for the uh, So we educate them about the diet, what you shouldn't be buying, what you shouldn't be cooking for your kids. Um, we've got some really good success stories out of this. But it's, it's a lot of hard work. So it's a lot of hard work. Uh, sorry, go on. Sorry, no, go, well, uh, all I was going to say in terms of the GPs, uh, I think you're absolutely right, Naveed. Um, I think in the past, I think when it comes to the Asian community, we, I think GPs have been maybe a little soft on the Asian community. And I think um, maybe because we've had the example of the elder community who were really all about trying to survive economically. But I think you're absolutely right. The coronavirus has really shown up. I mean, I think it's something like uh, one week, it was a 70% of those people that had actually died were from the BAME community. And, uh, you know, tomorrow we're actually doing a program right here on Late Night Night where we've got a professor of biochemistry and uh, a couple of other GPs who have been involved with coronavirus um, uh, prevention who, you know, who have been, you know, who are going to be talking about why it is that the BAME community, and that's British, Asian and, and uh, Middle Eastern community, seem to be so susceptible to coming down with the coronavirus. And it seems that probably a large uh, factor in that will be the fact that, you know, they, they tend to have, uh, you know, heart disease, they tend to have diabetes, they tend to be obese. And um, a big, and really a huge part of that is diet. And the fact that we're just not getting regular exercise. Um, so you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it is a wake-up call. Yeah. Can I say, when we were doing the boot camp, we kept, the, 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 the PT kept seeing it. And when NASA will go, hopefully he agrees with me, is that you could be training all you want. You could be training seven times a day. You can be training day and night. But 70% of, of what your, 70% of your efforts coming from your diet, 30% is from your exercise. Your diet uh, is a big, big, yeah. big part of your, of your uh, what do you call it, performance. Um, absolutely you right, absolutely you right. We haven't even talked about sleep yet. We haven't even talked about sleeping habits yet. Um, can okay. I just ask, uh, Brother Naveed, how are you doing? So, I'm good, I'm good. I, uh, listen, um, you know, you, you've came on, and you've uh, you've you've made your case, and, and and I commend you for that, brother. I really, I honestly do, because you know you put in a lot of man hours. You're running your own business. You're running, you've got a family to look after, and at the same time, you're trying to collectively get groups of people, not for your benefit, for but, but for not, our benefit. Yeah. And uh, and 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 the, one of the main things from this is, apart from actually enjoying it. You know, uh, the physical and mental benefits of it, you can go, there's a, that's a show in itself. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, Dean will touch on it, your blood pressure gets low, uh, dopamine gets released to give you, make you feel better. So, um, no, I, de I definitely commend you for that, brother, and I really do. And I think... Abdulaziz, do you remember, it was hard enough trying to get you to... Do you know what, Abdulaziz, the listeners who don't know this, but you did tough murder with us uh, last year, right? You got muddy, you got dirty, and and we had a kebab call at the end of it. But 
it was, it was a struggle trying to encourage some of the brothers to go down and even get involved. But when you done it, you done it, and it was an achievement. Oh. You know what I mean? So don't. I mean, we, we need to get rid of this kind of this kind of negative yeah. attitude towards I can't do it. I'm not going to be do it, and this and that. But you know what? You're doing it for your own sake. You know, I was happy to see you on the court. I was happy to see you on on the on the run on the route. But if you didn't do it, it would be somebody else. So yeah. I'm so happy the fact that you overcame your own barriers. You overcame. You came out your comfort zone. You know, I'm going to do this, and I was so happy to see you on. Uh, you know, I mean, on on doing doing the doing the race with us. Yeah. Who was it that made the point about leadership? Was it was it you, Niels? Um, sorry, sorry, I, I, I put myself on mute while you guys were talking. Um, yes, it was. Um, the leadership comes from the parents, uh, from mum and dad is what I was saying to the children. Um, but it, as well, it comes from people like yourselves um, as parents. It comes from the doctors. It comes from Abdul in his household with, and it, with his friends, his center of influence. Everybody's going to be an influencer. Um, so that leadership end of the day that onus of responsibility comes from each of us to create the culture to change how we are all you know currently living um, in terms of health nourishment and etc it's a whole package it's it's quite complex and it's wonderful to hear Abdul's story as well with Naveed um, but you but yeah sorry go ahead no, I was just going to say, Naveed, I, I would, you know, I would clap as well. I think what you've done is great. Um, within the Asian community, it's a very tightly knit, very strong community. And so leadership in exercise, it seems rare, but it is in all, in all aspects of life. Leadership is rare. Somebody has to step outside the mold. And, and fortunately, there are people like you um, and like many of us who exist who can do that. I mean, what exercise is there that this is a question that's been playing on my mind since we've been talking about the hills uh, walking what exercise can people do during lockdown because diet is 70 percent of it you can't outrun a bad diet they say in all the running magazines yeah. and everything but yeah. that stops you from getting fat and that 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 puts off some of the diseases and that can actually you know improve the condition of certain diseases but how do you vital? how do you remain strong well, when you're stuck in the house we were just in the middle of a very interesting discussion there about uh, leadership, and we're talking about keeping fit during the lockdown. Uh, Nasrvai, I think you are saying something. If you are there, please carry on. Yep, here I am. You, um, yep, you, you were saying about, something about uh, about leadership. I think following on for something that Naveed was saying. It, absolutely. You know, you have to set an example. Um, to your children, to your friends, and not really to your friends. You know, I grew up with friends, and um, probably due to overexposure to Arnold Schwarzenegger films, we were always in the gym, um, and and it's paid off for, for us. We're in, we're still in good shape. We're we're still fit and healthy. Um, what what I really wanted to to get onto was how do people stay fit during lockdown? You can't go to the gym. You know, you're, you're certainly not going out and playing football with. 15 frames. So, so what do you actually do during lockdown? There's a lot of things you can do, uh, which is what I wanted to get onto. And some of them are really simple, but really, really effective. One of my favorite things, if I haven't been able to leave the house during the day and, and still during Ramadan, you know, it's not difficult. I'll just pick up a skipping rope, 
you don't need a garden, you don't need anything. Pick up a skipping rope and skip for half an hour. It's, it's a fantastic cardio workout. Uh, it's a nice challenge and, and it makes you feel good and certainly makes you feel uh, a lot more grateful for your food when you went to get it too. But, but there's lots of things you can do and that's just one of them because exercise is important. It's very important. Not just, it's not about not getting fat. It's about being fit and strong and still having the vitality like you were saying, David. You know, when I'm 80, when I'm 83, my oldest daughter will be 50. I still want to be out in good enough shape to keep up with her. Um, yeah. Certainly for the for the 40, however many years before that. My father actually passed away the day before my eldest sibling's 50th birthday. And that was something that just said to me, you've got to stay in shape. You've got to stay in shape because I'm not having that happen to my children. I want to be around when they're 50, 60, however old. And, and what my father uh, was eventually uh, taken by was a heart attack, which is something that God only knows, but with regular exercise, he might have been able to prevent. Absolutely, absolutely. Some of the things that affect us um, in terms of people who pass away, it's stroke, metabolic syndrome, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, um, and it's, it's uh, very easy to exercise to help combat these health conditions and diseases. Uh, not only that, I mean, you know, as you know, when you're saying it um, improves uh, you know, weight loss as well, adds more energy, and um, end of the day, you, you know, you, you're trying to prolong your, your longevity with your family and your loved ones in a very healthy manner. But I wanted to add um, something you can do at home as well. It's uh, these YouTube videos for Pilates and yoga, if you want to do something less, um, try to get the family involved. That could be funny and fun. Um, hopefully, no fights. <laughs> Um, but uh, there's there's just so much there's a wealth of ideas wealth of information I and mean, we're so lucky to have Wi-Fi and internet um, that uh, you know if you're bold enough try some planks google it and see what it is it's really hard but um, it's a great way to improve your health as long as your doctor allows you to do these things of course um, and and it's safe to do so. Mm. Uh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, there, there was actually, um, I can't remember if it was in the 90s or, or less than 20 years ago, but there was a rehabilitation exercise program set up for elderly patients at a hospital somewhere. And in order to make the exercises safe, they just had them performing normal exercises one would do in the gym, you know, uh, squats or, or bench press or anything you could do in the gym. But to keep it safe, they made them perform the exercises very slowly. Now, what actually happened was they made remarkably good improvements. You know, people in their 60s and 70s getting strong, stronger, stronger as they were in their 20s in some case. What that actually led to is a way of exercising, which is just referred to as, as super slow. So anybody, for example, can go from a standing position into a squat position and get back up. I say anybody, most people. It's not that difficult. But if you try and do that slowly, for example, take 30 seconds to descend, 30 seconds to get back up, 30 seconds to descend again, and so on. It actually becomes remarkably difficult. It's extremely safe. And what happens is because you're doing an exercise continuously for maybe two or three minutes, if you can do 10 of them or five of them or whatever you have, you get a superb cardio workout as well. Um, because as your muscles start you know, tiring and you're gasping for oxygen, 
And just based on that, I sent a video about this to, to Nadine not long ago, just, just for fun. Um, if you can do squats and take 30 seconds to lower and 30 seconds to raise and move continuously, you have a super lower body workout. And then if you can do the same with push-ups, or if push-ups are too easy, dips, there's lots of places at home you can do dips, you get a super upper body workout. And then to finish off, if you're lucky enough to have a, a chinning bar, nobody's really strong enough to do chins that slowly, but just do some chins. You could do that every third day and make fantastic gains. I've actually recommended that to a few people who've tried it. And, you know, they say to me, I haven't been in shape this good since I was in my, in my 20s. These are all guys in their 40s, slightly older. It's really easy. You don't need a lot of equipment. One of the biggest proof. Yeah, isn't one of the biggest thing, advantages of doing this, not only physically you get better, but mentally you get uh, a lot of benefits in terms of your, uh, you know, what, what happens within you. Um, Abdul, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say countless, countless benefits. Whilst you're doing it, it feels good. But, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm thorough or I'm geeky, but I keep records of everything. You know, did I do more push-ups this time than last time? And doing something like this, every single workout, the answer is yes. You know, if you, I believe if you're doing exercise properly, properly Every single time you repeat it, you should see a, an improvement. I just don't get these guys who slave away at the same workout for you know months on end and see no improvement. Obviously, it's not working. Maybe I'm just impatient. But if you do it right, the motivational benefits, the benefits you get in terms of not just exercise, but being able to push through difficult situations, it, it's, it's enormous. And for me, it's almost like a form of therapy. You know, if I'm exercising, I can forget about all of my problems, all of my stresses. And it works all the time. There's a great book called Rest. I can't remember the author's name. I think he's uh, Korean, maybe. And he talks about how lots of the greatest minds, you know, Darwin, Dickens, all these guys, loved walking, particularly loved walking in nature. So they work for four or five hours, take a long walk, come back and work for four or five hours. And it really helped them mentally. So, so there, are, there are countless benefits. You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, what happens is on a neurochemical basis, um, the exercise reduces levels of the body's stress hormones. And that breaks down to adrenaline and cortisol and dopamine and serotonin running through, you know, your body. That stimulates uh, production of the endorphins. And these are the chemicals in the brain that um, are the body's natural pain killers and, and mood elevators mm -hmm. so so you know you've heard that the run, runner's high i'm yep. sure uh navid gets this uh while he's going up the hills and seeing beautiful nature as well it's pushing uh, themselves up uh you know those beautiful uh places but whatever exercise there is it really it, it, it starts at this level and, and it does make a, a relaxation and optimistic mood i guess on a behavioral level, but that, as you, you know, you're you're both saying is it's helping um, benefit emotionally because people's self-image then will improve uh, as a result. Um, I, I'm going to ask Naveed something here. Um, Naveed, I mean, uh, just addressing this to you as well. Um, I mean. A lot of these exercises are things that you have to do outside. Have you found anything that you've found for yourself that's worked yeah. while you're in this kind of lockdown uh, 
kind of phase. Uh, I know we've been talking about doing some of these exercises very slowly. Um, what, any suggestions that you've got? Yeah. So, first of all, um, I, I might, I might, I might sort of stand on the works here, uh, but I hope not. I hope you all agree with me. Ramadan is not a time to start thinking about losing weight for a start. Ramadan is probably, um, it's, it's more about your inner self. It's not about your yep. experience. And it yep. can be used for a time to lose weight. Um, Ramadan is not a time to start off a new, a new, uh, a new, um, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? It's, 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 not a, it's, not a, it's not a time to start off a new training program. It's the wrong time for that. Yep. anything. You need to look at exercises that are going to be less strenuous. So, uh, again, the, the, the fasting is when you're not meant to kind of put anything that endangers your fast. So you could you can have a workout maybe half an hour before a start. It's a good time to have it. Or you can have it an hour before your service. It's called the golden hour. Uh, but, again, it's only for people who have been working out normally, but they don't want to break their kind of the cycle. For those... Who want to do something during the during Ramadan? Um, simple things like a walk. A walk is the most easiest exercise. Um, when you're walking, you, you both your I mean, you, you've always got a foot on the on the, on on the ground. So you, there's, there's less damage done to your done to your body. Um, one thing when when you came on at eleven o'clock, you 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 went for a walk in Pollock Park. I too went went for a walk in a park about yeah. seven o'clock. And when you go for a walk at that time. Um, and you'd be surprised at, at this time before kind of before kind of sunset when the park's empty, you start to see a bit more movement. Um, the animals because there's less humans about, the animals start coming out. You they get to come and see you, and you get to see them. And and if you ever do get a chance when you're walking through a forest, always look up, look up, look at the trees, and you look at the the splendor that's up there. Don't just look at eye level. Look up and look at what's around above us. Um, as, as well as that, uh, what I normally do uh, is breathing techniques. Um, again, it's a fantastic way of just controlling yourself and controlling your mind and it just kind of uh, making your lungs work. But it's something anyone can do in the back garden. Um, one thing I would say, I mentioned it in the last radio pro show, show program, when you're playing, Normally when you play, um, when you're breathing for a start, you breathe up into your chest, but try breathing all the way down into your belly and opening your belly up so you're having a deep, deep breath. And what I, what I started doing is when I play, I take my time. Take your time. Because you haven't got work. You haven't got work. You haven't got anything you have to go do in a hurry. Very important. Playing, take your yeah, take your time. You're not in a hurry. And just breathe. When you're in Ruku, breathe and take deep breath. When you're in uh, sujood, and that's the best place to be is to breathe. Take deep breath and just enjoy your prayer. It's called khushu. That's what it's all about. I normally go for the the breathing, the four seven eight rule. So, so the, the the four seven eight technique. There's many techniques out there. You breathe in for four, four seconds. You hold for seven and you breathe out for eight. It does wonders for you. Um, but again, if you do it about ten fifteen times. Constantly and just take your time, you enjoy it. Can you do, just repeat that, Naveed? What was that sequence? Four, seven, it's eight? Called a four, 
Yeah, it's called it's called the the four seven eight rule. But again, there are many techniques out there. The four seven eight is you breathe for four, so big deep breath, four seconds in through your nose, in through your nose, hold for seven. Yeah, so you you're holding your breath for seven, and yep. you breathe yep. for eight seconds. And there's a hadith that says that the prophet encouraged you to breathe deeply. When we breathe, we always breathe up to your chest. We don't breathe deeply enough. So that's something I would really recommend people to get into the habit of doing after prayers. You, you do you do just to just to affect what you call five minute breathing exercise. Hi, still there? Yeah. <laughs> you all, are you all breathing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, actually, what happens is see when I start that breathing stuff, my kind of yeah. my breathing all goes out of psyche, and then I start thinking about my breathing, and then before I know it, I'm, yeah. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Well, can so can I just? Whole, uh, Oh, this is one thing. When you breathe, just think of it breathing in. You, you actually concentrate on breathing in. You actually enjoying it. So I think there's a lot of if you look into there's a lot of research in the medical benefits of just using air as a cure for you. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And obviously, like with yoga and whatnot, that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm sure there is. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to say something. Uh, I don't know if you remember one boot camp. Well, only went to one boot camp a year or so ago and uh, that was because I was going to do the Tough Mother and, yeah. uh, and I think that was because I think Nadine was doing it and I thought well he's going to do it and then I'm going to bump into him in the corner of Alsa Street somewhere and he's going to wear a t-shirt <laughs> you know I've done the 10 mile Tough Mother and then I'm going to sing thing oh no <laughs> no but um, one thing that actually really got me thinking and actually put fear in me was when we all were in that room getting assessed by that nutritionist fitness guy mm -hmm. and he kind of took all our measurements and heights and weights and whatnot remember yeah i remember yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so but he then when the reports all came back for everyone mines was like borderline like risk of diabetes and whatnot and that that put the fear in me and it, and that's what spurred me on to say to myself you know what i've let myself go it's stupid i was lazy didn't think on my body and whatnot and that's what actually spurred me on to get fit again and and i yeah. think that sometimes is it's what's needed we all need a kick up the backside and we all really need to know the hard facts you know, if this is your this is your height, and this is your uh, weight, and you're at risk of X, Y, and Z if you don't do nothing about it. I think that's that's the message a lot of people need to know because we're all end, all going to end up getting a, these dosset boxes with twenty tablets to take a day, and that's that's yeah, what I don't want because I've seen a lot of elders doing that, and that's what I'm trying to avoid myself. You, you don't want to do that. You don't want to go down that road. So you've got time plan for the future, obviously just get fit. Hopefully you guys will be still be doing your, your running and your walking in your 60s and 70s. I hope that's the case, but that's, that, that's the vision anyway. But you've got to start somewhere. Guys, um, I've got a question. How about cravings? People get cravings for certain foods. How do you manage that? They go away. <laughs> no, cravings go away, seriously. But, you know, before before Ramzan, I was fasting anyway, just as a, I thought it was a good idea. And the first week was 
you know, I, I was doing basically a day of fasting followed by a day of not fasting. And the first week, the days when I was fasting were like hell. Absolute, you know, by about midday, I was I was falling to bits. And the next day, I'd overcompensate. You know, I'd eat everything I thought I'd wanted to eat to the point where I'd start feeling sick. I can't eat anymore. Um, but you realize that your your body seems to realize what it needs and what you actually what you need and what you want is different and it's almost a lot more satisfying to just have the discipline to eat only what you need than it is to tuck into that you know that giant new york cheesecake um cravings go away it's that simple they're cravings there's it's if you trying to break your state with sugar or something else but you can you can break it just as easily by getting up and moving to another room it, uh, actually, you, you said something very interesting about breaking your state and the whole point about sugar. Uh, and if I would say that if anybody out there wants to try to modify their diet, the number one thing I, I found was to cut out sugar, uh, the white poison. Uh, cut out sugar. Go on a sugar detox if you can. Um, if you if you know of any groups that are doing that together, join them. In fact, I ran a sugar detox group with Rizzi Mohammed, uh, literally um, uh, last year. And we're hoping that we will repeat it in September. And um, w one of the great things about that was when people started doing that and they gave up uh, sugar, what we found was a lot of people were eating sugar like a drug. Uh, we were taking, even I found that I was using sugar like a drug uh, so I was using it, I was having chocolate biscuits in between patients when I was seeing them in a clinic and I was using it to give myself a kind of pickup and it would give me a little energy boost but then it would make me go down as well. And once I stopped taking sugar uh, and I didn't realize this, this was going to happen, I had about two weeks where it felt like it was horrible and then once I got through about two weeks, it felt fantastic because I knew I'd broken through something and it wasn't, and it was really experiencing that so that that's an interesting one that you say about uh, about cutting out the sugar and definitely i think you know you realize then that half the time you are eating just for boredom definitely. so and remember if if i point out to uh there's a documentary called i think it's sugar um about all the manufacturers out there who produce these foods they know that it creates this magical feeling in your brain, and and it it does. I mean, it, it releases um, an attraction to you to to eat more of the junk foods, and uh, they do it on purpose because um, you know it sells. So what was interesting from the documentaries is that uh, they know, and so for it's for you to basically to to be stronger or join, like the dean was saying, um, a group to counteract uh, your urges and distract yourself um, and being aware, recognizing uh, what's in your food. Most of the processed foods tend to have a lot of um, higher, you know, cornstarch, which uh, as well has sugars in it, fructoses, etc. So you've got to be aware of that. And, and some of these documentaries do help. Um, and... Um, I, I guess, uh, Nadim, uh, coming back to you, uh, what other ways can, uh, you know, people, you know, join groups? Are there groups out there in the NHS uh, for, for people right now who could join? 
Well, uh, I mean, um, there are groups everywhere. Um, you know, go into your local library, you'll see groups there. You might find if you go to your GP, you'll have people who are called links workers nowadays. And these links workers um, are people who, you know, know about a lot of these groups that are out there and they can actually, um, you know, help you connect up to them. But, um, you know, the, here we've got Boots and Beards. Um, Boots and Beards do, um, you know, the, the group that Naveed um, started up. Lots of um, activities that they run. Uh, I don't know if, Naveed, do you want to... Maybe just tell them about it, as well as the boot camps. I think we lost you know. Naveed. Uh, we lost <laughs> Naveed from from uh, show. I don't know what happened. Nope. Could have been what a technical issue. So it, sorry about it, that. Okay, never mind. Well, I'll I'll probably if he doesn't mind uh, before he comes on. I know that they've run uh, various boot camps. They've run boot camps for the sisters as well as the brothers. Um, there's the walking groups that they do, and the walking groups are fantastic. Um, I don't know of many other groups that will actually pick you up from uh, a central location, take you along in a minivan, take you along to the walking destination. You'll be able to go out there and walk there and then bring you back for free. Uh, so I don't know of many groups that will do that, but that's uh, you know a fantastic, fantastic service that they've got there. Naveed, um, are you back? I, Naveed? I, 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 I see him on the system. Ah, uh, yeah, he is. But uh, your your mic might might be off. If we try to get you back, it's the last uh, about one minute. Hey, of the show. Hi, Naveed, welcome so back. Good. We have one minute left. <laughs> Go well, ahead. For a, well, we've yeah, got one I minute left. So, Naveed, if you want to just uh, see a final message and yourself, Nasser, by if you're there, uh, if you want to give us a message for the folks. Uh, in terms of keeping fit during Corona. Oh wow! Okay, a message, a <laughs> message for the people. Uh, I, I've, I've got a quote. I've got a quote here. I wrote down regarding your the, the breathing. It says that some doors only open from the inside. Breathing is a way of accessing that door. Boom. Mashallah. Okay. I will say you use stairs. When I got out of hospital um, after suffering from pneumonia, I used my stairs to get back in shape. And people who live in bungalows have more heart attacks because they don't climb stairs. Generally, they'll try and get up out of a seat. Their legs have become so weak when they're elderly, they have a heart attack. Stairs are like a secret weapon in fitness. Walk up okay. and down a few times a day. Okay, mashallah, fantastic. Well, that's uh, pretty much all from me, Nadim Barti. Uh, Niazbai Abdulaziz, um, if you guys want to say goodbye, we'll be back here tomorrow at 11 o'clock where we're going to be talking about why is it that BAME doctors are actually dying uh, in greater numbers than anybody else uh, during this corona phase. And we're going to have a professor and two doctors on. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic show. Uh, anything else you want to say, guys, before we go? We'll try to debunk the myths. There's a lot of rubbish misinformation out there as well, so we'll try to get that as well. Um, thanks for listening from me. Yeah, and uh, great show, guys. Uh, a lot of stuff to take on board there, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show. Inshallah. Inshallah. See you all tomorrow. Uh, Khuda Hafiz. 
Thank you for listening to Radio Ramadan 365 podcasts. Make sure to visit our Radio Ramadan website at rr365.co.uk to access all of our podcasts. Stay tuned on our social channels for future content.